Having names on storms like Storm Darwin or Storm Desmond makes it much easier when referring to events that happened during these storms. Events like trees falling down. The chestnut I was talking about is just through there and it just fell out of the wood into the field. Right. And I went to look at it and that drew my attention to this, which is a nice big ash tree, um, which blew down in December in Storm Barra. We had two massive big copper beach called the Two Sisters. They were just on the right and left here. And they both came down in Storm Ophelia and landed on top of the road here. Yeah. This is William Bunbury of Lisnava House in Rathvilly, County Carlow. And would you be sad when you'd see them after falling down? Or, you know, how do you... Yeah, it is. I mean, it, I suppose it's a bit like the park warden finding a huge dead elephant. You know, I... I yeah, of course it's sad. It, it, it's, it's sort of the end of a, a tree's life. And um, I suppose the plus side is uh, we might be able to give that tree a second life. Yeah. As a, as a lot of chopping boards, which it may or may not like the idea of, but... It's not just a dead tree, it, putting it to use. A buzzard, look. Do you see the buzzard? Oh, yeah, see William comes from a long line uh, of Bunburys. The family have been here for 370 years or something like that. The house they live in dates back to the late 1840s. And it's sitting on 600 acres. Uh, 200 acres of that is woodlands. It's all very much mixed woodlands. Uh, we've got broadleaves, conifers, but mainly mixed broadleaf trees. Oak, ash, beech, sycamore, even some elm, uh, young elm. Uh, so quite a quite a mix. William worked and studied abroad for some years, and when he returned to Lisnava, he saw potential in the storm damaged trees. When I came back here in two thousand, I was looking at all the different assets this estate had, whether it was the big house or the cottages, the farmland and the woodlands. And in the woodlands, I felt that we could add value to the timber that was coming out of those woods naturally. So you'd get some storm damage, uh, big trees would come down, there'd be a lot of firewood and rubbish, you know, that a forester might regard as rubbish anyway, but it, it, the firewood would come out. But occasionally you've got a decent log of oak or beech or whatever it might be, and that would be put to one side, and eventually you get the lorry out and he'd take it all away, and you might get a couple of grand and say, that's handy money, but that's 20 tonnes of timber, which I thought, that's a lot of tables and chairs. You know, or I don't know what, but that's surely a way of adding value to our logs. So um, we gathered up the logs that we had then and brought them to a sawmill in Wicklow where um, a guy called Pat Staunton who knows his stuff, uh, cut up uh, something like 60 tonnes of logs that we'd found in our woods, three of those big lorries. So quite a lot of timber uh, that had been accumulating over the years. And we we got that kiln dried up at Kilrudgery in, in, or near Bray and uh, brought it back down here and started trying to find people to sell it to. And, and uh, largely through the internet, but also a little bit of interaction with craftspeople, say, at the the National Crafts Fair and the RDS and things like that saying we sell timber we started to build up a customer base and we were selling more and more From these beginnings came the Lisnava Timber Project and Bunbury Boards chopping boards to be exact which are made at a workshop on the estate So, so this big machine is a planar thicknesser 
it's a 30 inch planar thickness here. So what that does, we take the, the rough sawn planks, which might look like that, but we can then bring it through and we can start planing it. And we bring it down to whatever thickness we want it, which is why it's called a thicknesser. Okay. And um, we get the template, there's a, those templates over there, get a pencil and draw it round it, and then you're starting to cut it out, shape the board, and then there's various sanders and routers and drills and things that we do to, for the different styles of boards. So you can see a pile over there which are just waiting the, the final sanding. Okay. They would then come through here to the oiling room, where... Um, where the, board, the boards are brought in here to be stamped and oiled okay. so that's a bit of sycamore that's a bit of beech that's a bit of oak and more sycamore here from dramatic beginnings so Matt my friend in England picked up a chopping board and said this is going to save the estate and sourcing buyers in shops all around the world Apart from the Kilkenny Group, we're in Arnott's, we're in a lot of craft shops around the country. We're in the UK, in Marks and Spencer's, John Lewis, Divertimente, Harrods, you know, we're in a lot of places. Bunbury boards have gone on to navigate all the ups and downs possible in a business. It was costing a fortune because I had a sales girl, I had a production manager, I had a bookkeeper, had account, um, uh, insurance, obviously, and... It was going to take a lot of chopping boards to pay for all of those people. Now a more slimmed down workforce, mainly run by William himself, has seen sales increase in the last two years. It was steady for three years until 2020, interestingly, when the pandemic came along. Sales were very poor in the first, you know, March, April, May. And then things changed and by the end of 2020, my sales had gone up. 25% 25% on the previous three years, which is interesting. Got, Can you explain how that happened or what? I, I think there's a, there's a few reasons. Um, from the pandemic end of things, I think there was a big emphasis on buying local. That was particularly Christmas 2020. I had two websites redesigned, one for the Bunbury boards and one for the timber project. And that was thanks to the trading online voucher. A very substantial grant towards that. And I think that made it easier for people to buy a board online. Previously, it was a bit glitchy, the website. Mm. And I'd occasionally get people saying, I can't order it. Can I order it over the phone? You know, So it must have been putting a lot of people off. So that probably helped sales too. And then in 2021, I, di- I didn't really do anything different. Uh, but my sales went up a further 40%. Uh, and I'm still the sales girl and production manager and everything. So it's, it's interesting, and I, I'm not sure if I can really explain it, except maybe I also had more time, because up at the house here, didn't really have any weddings. Um, but I was busy, because unfortunately we had to put a lot of staff on part-time up here at the house, so it meant I had to do more. Um, so I, I was definitely busy, but I could justify more time down in the timber project, because there was an income stream there, mm-hmm. and we needed that money. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be why it went up as well. I'll, I'll just, I'm going to watch this space now in early 2022. We'll see what happens. So far, so good. And back to the ash tree that fell in Storm Barra. Had it been affected by um, by ash dieback? The Kalara? Yeah. I don't think so. I didn't actually know the tree. If yeah. that makes sense. I, I know, yeah. It didn't stand out to me as a tree. Uh, of note. 
see where it snapped. Oh yeah. So what I do when I come across a tree like this is I take a photograph of it and I put a number on it. So that number there is 21 slash 08. Okay. It actually becomes a six digit number for the tree report so that would be 210008. 21 is 2021 and 8 is the 8th tree to go on our system in that year. So it was only 8 trees last year on the whole 200 acres. That fell. Mm. It wasn't a windy year I guess. No, not really. Yeah. There's a reason why William puts numbers on the trees. One of the key things about our timber compared to a lot of other suppliers is the traceability. So every plank is numbered and it's related to a log, which has a number, which has a record on my database saying where it came from, why it came down, what's been done to replace it. There's a photograph of the tree and any other interesting information. So the traceability of those planks meant that I could put a log reference onto the back of a chopping board and people could look up a report on that tree on the Internet. So before a chopping board is oiled, it's stamped with the Bunbury stamp and with a number which a customer can type onto a page on bunburyboards.ie and get the whole story of the tree from which the chopping board is made from. That's the one for the sycamore over there. So you get a certificate on the front, which you can obviously frame if you want to, but the, the nuts and bolts of it are here. The number, what type of tree it is, where it was growing, including in this case a Bing Maps link. So it'll, if you click the PDF of that, it'll bring you straight through to where the tree was growing. Yeah. Uh, when it came down. Yeah, the tree died from the top down. Yeah, you can see it in the photograph here. It's all dead at the top. Mm. So there was a lot of small branches falling onto the avenue, which was just plain annoying. But when some big ones came down as well, it started, to, basically the tree was dead. Mm. So it wasn't safe. So we took this tree down on the 24th of February 2020, and we sawmilled it last year in April. There's a lot of natural regen or regeneration of trees self-seeding in that area. Mm-hmm. There you see a bit about, in this case, Lisnava here. Yeah. tells you about the, the family and, and the estate. And that's a few facts about Sycamore there, just where it, where it gets its name from and so on. A number of fallen trees or trees removed due to ill health are allowed to build up before being processed in the sawmill. You do the sawing here for that for those trees? We bring in a mobile sawmill actually and we only sawmill once a year for a few days so there's no real point in owning a sawmill unless I want to go into the sawmilling business which I don't. Um, I've got plenty of other things to do at the moment. So we, we hire in a sawmill. It's not cheap so it's a big check that I have to write out at the end of it but what we get from that is is worth it you know so we'll the sawmill I don't know what are we going to have 10-15 tons of hardwood timber turned into planks and then we'll have a quite a big uh, spruce Norway spruce that came down which we're going to saw into posts and rails we've got some fencing that desperately needs doing for our horses mm-hmm. so we can get the materials from that tree and that's going to be a lot cheaper than going to your hardwood store where wood prices have just gone bonkers at the moment. So we're lucky that we have that resource. Another resource the trees provide is heat in the form of firewood. We use an enormous amount of firewood in our cottages. People are quite happy to use the wood in the stoves and that helps us reduce our oil bill. So we do spend about 
probably around about four hours a week on average splitting firewood that is that we need to in and order that's to all keep going into Lisnava and, and the cottages yeah we don't yeah, sell it we don't sell it I don't yeah. think paying someone to split firewood and maybe with our setup as well the economics aren't there to justify selling firewood yeah. I think if you wanted to set it up as your own business and it's all you did yeah it might make sense but we haven't got a big enough space either to store it Cause yeah because it needs to air dry for I think two years, a lot of people say a year is fine, but I think ideally really two years. Depends what it is, something like laurel takes a long time to dry. Do you like wood? Are you a kind of a wooden person? I, I don't know what I mean by that now, but... <laughs> <laughs> Talking about my character. People sometimes are attracted to... Yes, I am interested in wood, and I, I mean, I think it's a sustainable product, and I'm quite keen on that, uh, but I... I I'd go for a timber worktop in my kitchen over a stone one any day because it's warmer. It feels warmer. It feels more natural. And talking of timber worktops, it's not just chopping boards that are made at Lisnava. They also sell the planks of wood at the workshop. It's from here that I might sell it to a furniture maker or I might pull out some timber for someone who wants to make a table or something. They can help me choose the timber it's going to be made from. And so they're part of that process, which yeah. is really key to, yeah. you know, being happy with your tabletop or yeah. whatever it is you're buying. And uh, sometimes, like this oak here, you see there's a lot, a lot of splits in it. But I had a guy in here last week who took some of that for bookshelves. He was delighted with the splits. So there is a market for it. And it's not that expensive because of the splits. Okay. You know, it's limited things you can use it for. And if a person doesn't want to make their bookshelf themselves, then there's an option of it being made at Lisnavaya. So that oak that's over there waiting for the planar thicknesser is going into, uh, I think we're making two kitchen worktops and a table for someone. So that's quite a nice project for us to have at the moment. We've got that plaque, got a tabletop, another tabletop to do for someone, someone else looking for stairs, stair treads, and then... I think that I think that's most of it at the moment, and there's a few other inquiries on the way as well. Yeah. So. And how I suppose people find you on the website and stuff like that, and. Yeah, I mean they, they're trying to find. They want to make a table that's nice and it's Irish timber. That's probably the sort of person who's going to find us. And as I said, there's not that many people supplying Irish hardwood in Ireland, and we've got a reasonably good website, and it's been up for. I can't remember when, when it was, 2004 or something. So, you know, we probably rank quite well on Google. There's a lot of information on our website, so that probably helps the Google ranking. And so I think when people find us on the internet, that it looks like we're a credible business and we know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're quite happy to send us an email. I usually might give them a ballpark price for a countertop there if they give me the dimensions. And uh, sometimes they run away laughing. <laughs> um and more often than not, they'll come around and we actually look then at what wood we're going to use for their project. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of student cutting lists as well for people doing a woodworking project as part of their junior search or something like that. So we can, we can prepare the timber for someone to make their own table. You know, we can cut all the bits to the right size and shape. So that's another thing we do. Should we look at the kiln? Yeah. Just to... That'd be great. And of course, before any timber product is sold, the wood is put through a long drying process. After sawmilling, when the timber's brought in here, uh, it's very wet. So it has to dry. So we air dry it 
in an open-sided shed like this, um, the rule of thumb for oak anyway is an inch a year. Uh, so a two-inch plank like these will take two years. Before it's, that's when it's dry to the middle of the board. It needs to be dry all the way through before we can put it into the kiln. When I say dry, it's, it's probably about 20% moisture content, but that is, that's too wet for making furniture. Um, so we have to put it in the kiln and bring it down to about 10%. Uh, and that's good enough to, to make furniture or chopping boards or whatever we're going to do with it. So it's a, it's a time-consuming process. It takes generally from a tree coming down to being turned into a shelf or a Bunbury board or something. It could be three years. So you can feel the warmth, it's about, this is about 35 degrees. I won't go higher than that with oak. You've got to treat oak like it's going to explode or something because it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant wood, but you've got to be really careful with it. In the drying process, is it? Careful in the drying process? Yeah, and it can be a brute in the workshop too to work with, but it's, uh, it's the king of timbers. Yeah. And this one, is that That's beech actually on, on the top there, some spalted beech. So that, that's, that's going to look really nice. And just like they use their firewood for heating, the Bunburys also use their timber in building projects, like in the new events room that they built five years ago. Um, yes, it's got steel beams for the big width of the building, but all these timber trusses and everything, yeah. they came from some Douglas fir, which was flattened by Hurricane Darwin. And uh, all the wainscot panelling around the edge, same. You know, really? So that's all our own timber sawmill from here. Saving us quite a lot of money, I suppose, because if you would buy that, you'd be paying quite a lot of money. In a way, the trees have moved indoors into the big house that they previously adorned from the outside, showing a different side of themselves that, up till now, has remained hidden. Back at the fallen ash tree, we wonder what its wood will reveal. I hope and think it's a big enough tree that the wood in it is going to be quite interesting not just plain white ash, which you get from a young tree, um, like the hurley sticks, or, yes. you know, they're white almost. This might have a bit more character in it. An incredible ash tree that came down on Christmas Eve in 2015. Uh, and the wood in that was so interesting and peculiar that if you showed it to an experienced woodworker and asked them what wood it was, they weren't able to answer the question. And when I said it was ash, they could see it was ash, but they would be dumbfounded. It's absolutely extraordinary looking stuff. I wonder how that changes like that then, or what, is, what makes it? Age. Um, I think in that case the tree was quite an old tree. I mean, like hundreds of years, but I'm not quite sure how many. And it may have been the pressure of the weight was actually causing it to come down on itself a little bit, which caused the grain to go all wiggly. Mm. And I think, I think that's what happened with that one. Um, another tree was hit by lightning ex- at least twice. Um, the lightning gave some of that timber quite an extraordinary effect as well. Just, oh, yeah, just, just sort of black markings in it that were um, not not burn marks, but some kind of maybe maybe it was burn marks. I'm not quite sure, but mm. it's that's what I love is really interesting looking wood that's yeah. not just plain oak, plain beech, plain ash. Yeah. Yes, would you be excited now when this would come into the to the sawmills and you'd be looking to see what it looks like then? Yeah, well, you never know what it's like until you start sawmilling it. Uh, and this is so covered in ivy, which is also one of the reasons it probably came down, because mm. it's like a sail up at the top of the tree. But the wood is 
unknown. It's like a book. You, 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 you have to open it to see what it's like inside. Here's an interesting fact about trees. Softwoods account for about 80% of the world's timber production. Softwoods are usually lighter in colour than hardwoods. Hardwood is denser than softwood and burns for longer, with more heat if it's properly seasoned. Trees from seed to sawdust is funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine as part of the Woodland Support Project.